Welcome back to our listeners. And this is the 15 minute reset. I am your host, Lori Carice, and everyone deserves some type of reset, whether that is health and wellness, family, career. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to bring so many different topics when it comes to a reset, because this is quite unique. Today we have with us as a guest, Joe Boravica, and we've kind of circled the clubhouse scene, um, frequently for the past year. And I'm always so happy when he joins actually even the female spaces because he's very empowering. And our topic today is reset your self protection. So welcome, Joe. Thank you, Lori. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much. You're like the one man I do allow to speak in the rooms. No, <laughs> and I don't mean to say it like that, allow, but you know, a lot of times we have kind of sacred spaces and deep discussions and you are always so patient and respectful of that and always there to actually empower women. And that's what I care very much about you and your messaging. So I appreciate you being here today, and you're going to speak with our greater audience here on 360 Talk Radio for Women and our hubs. So tell us a little bit about reset your protection. Reset your self-protection. Reset your self-protection. Um, again, a huge thank you. Um, and, and I mean, it is 15. I love what you do, by the way. 15 minutes, that's so, that's so smart. And yeah, on, on more than for more than one reason. Um, very cool. Uh, first of all, how did I get into this? And then a quick reset. It's nice to know where I'm coming from. Uh, when, when I was, uh, a teenager, uh, I was going, I was on vacation in the mountains with a friend of mine, uh, second, second summer in a row that we had, we had done this. Uh, it was in Nantahala, North Carolina. And, uh, long story short, uh, we, we separated with a plan to meet again in an hour or two. Uh, he didn't make his, his meeting time. And we're just two crazy kids in the woods, in the mountains of Nantahala, you know, having a good time. Uh, took me a long time to find him. And when I did, the only way to describe him was uh, broken. Uh, he had fallen off a, uh, a waterfall, come to find out, um, where he had sort of been bouldering, free climbing, if you will. And uh, when he was, I, I, I wasn't trained in first aid, you know, to any great degree, maybe a little bit, but when, when someone is that torn up and they're only complaining about their head, the pain in his head, and he's in and out of consciousness, I knew that I couldn't move him. And at that point, Lori, the world went black and white, like everything went gray. And what do I do? And it was sort of that you see the elephant moment that that I hear from uh, survivors of violence as well. It's this, I'm not trained for this. Oh my gosh, this can't be happening. There's no way this cannot be happening. And a few moments later, or perhaps minutes, I mean, I couldn't tell. I went with what was important right then. And, and I decided to accept what was happening and get challenged instead of threatened. And then start thinking about a plan and executing on the plan. So I, I was able to... Um, because what do I do? I stay with him in his last moments or do I go and I don't even know if I can get help? What do I do? So I decided to do both. I, I said a prayer with him, tried to explain what I was doing and I left and, and I was able to get a bunch of adults sort of put together a team and help and, and they walked some rescuers into him while I went back and stayed with him. We got a helicopter into him. He died in the helicopter. He came back in the helicopter. It was a huge, big thing. But what that taught me 
is even though I had a black belt in karate at that time, and I was learning wrestling and I was continuing on my martial journey, if you will, none of that mattered. What mattered was accepting what's happening, getting challenged, thinking about it and moving. Because you can have all the tricks or training in the world, but if you don't move, then what good is it? So um, I am a 20-year veteran of, of, of the military. Uh, I continued in my martial journey. I'm a military combatives trainer, trained in other uh, combat sports and, and martial arts. They are different than self-protection. Uh, now, what's really important in self-protection is getting home safely. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. All of that is why I choose to teach what I teach. And I, I teach the, the SPEAR system. Everything that I do is based on the SPEAR system. We don't have time to go into what that is, but it's based off human psychology, physiology, uh, the laws of physics. It's based off human behavior. So this isn't what we'd like to have happen, like a John Wick movie. This isn't uh, based off wishful thinking, and it's not very cultural, uh, like martial arts are. And I love the martial arts. Uh, but don't confuse that with the study of how to get home safely. So when people work with me, they feel safer. They feel more secure no matter where they are and what they're doing in the world. Because uh, people who work with me study how to get home safe and how to feel empowered doing it. Uh, so that's my backstory and, and why I teach self-protection. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um interesting approach about how to get home safely. Is that mostly your military background? It's the, the, I mean, yes and no, it's the mission. Mm. So for most of us to include anyone who happens to be in uniform, most of the time their mission is getting home safely. And if their loved ones are with them, the mission is get you and your loved ones home safely. That's it. It doesn't involve winning mm. anything, right? And this is different than a consensual boxing match. That's consensual violence. It doesn't mean that boxing's not a useful system. It is. And if you're interested in boxing, you should get into it and have a blast and learn. And it's, it's really good. Same with judo, same with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But don't confuse sparring. Don't confuse a combat sport with a focus on getting home safely. If your mission happens to be to, let's say you're a, uh, 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 what was, uh, what somebody who gets paid to bring somebody in a bounty hunter. Oh, <laughs> if you decide to do that job, then maybe that day your mission is bring this person in. Now within the confines of that mission, you should do it in the safest manner possible. And people that do that job for a long time definitely do. Otherwise they would be incapacitated or dead um, or decide to quit the job. Now, for most of us, it's not that complicated. It's really simple. The mission is go home safely. What's the best way to do that? Uh, so for instance, while I do teach great ways to use your body to hit another human being, and, that, and that's a fun part, right? I mean, that's, that's, yes, I teach that just as important. I, I teach even more of how not to hit someone else when you are agitated, when you are emotionally overloaded, because the mission is go home safely. If you're in jail, you're not home safe. If you're in the hospital, you're not home safe. So yeah, no, I mean the reason. 
Yeah. The reason why I ask, I mean, I appreciate that, um, military mentality. I mean, I've, I've, I, I, I'm quite familiar. I was a, in a relationship many, many years ago with someone who was in the military and yes, very calculated movements on how to, to complete the mission, um, not perform all weaponry, you know, it, it, it wasn't about, um, and, and also knowing a lot of guys in, in high school and later in life that were very serious about martial arts, they, they are not the braggers. They're not the ones, they're like the last ones to get into a fight. They're the last right. ones, <laughs> you know, and usually they're the ones, you know, trying to calm everybody. It, it, it seems to really affect more of their mindset than reacting physically. Yes. Yes. And I appreciate that. I'm, I'm kind of a reactor and, you know, I'm this, ah, you know, kind of go crazy person. So I, I probably would benefit very much from learning some deeper martial arts mentality. I always think of, oh, it's the physical, it's how to physically protect yourself. But that's why I asked, you know, was this kind of your military background? Because as I've been exposed to that, I do see the, the very, um, mission oriented part of it. So not, not to kind of take this conversation in a different direction, but I wanted to kind of sink in where this has actually been coming from. And so you have a very interesting background, not only the martial arts, but also the military, which definitely, um, is very soothing. I would assume you, you probably are not one to react physically. Uh, that's right. We, um, However, I am human. So there's right. this thing we do. If we're surprised, uh, we, we flinch. And there, between Hollywood, culture, uh, there's a number of factors that tell us that flinching is, is bad. And we almost want to work ourselves out of it. In fact, if you're a, let's say, a UFC athlete, you will do, you will do, do drills to break yourself of flinching when you're in the cage fighting with your opponent. Because if you flinch in a certain way, it gives your opponent an advantage. We're born with that flinch. It turns out, because you said react, it turns out that reaction keeps us safe. And if we build on that reaction, something that we do anyway, instead of trying to, to cripple it or make it go away, if we build on it, it makes us safer. It's something that we need to em embrace. It doesn't mean flinch and continue to, to go into a fetal position. It means in that millisecond with someone who's, let's say they're, they, they weren't that many pre-contact cues. You didn't see it coming mm -hmm. because one of the keys is realizing that you're in the fight before the fight starts. And then you can just move and hopefully there's no fight, you know, because you knew, you know, we're playing chess here, not, not checkers, but some days you're the bug and, some days you're the windshield, you need to be ready for this too. And if you end up flinching away from an attack, how to instantly turn that flinch into something that makes you even safer, overwhelms the bad guy and gets you to safety is priceless. And guess what? You already know how to do it. I'm just teaching you how to, how I'm, I'm teaching you how to build on that. Probably like our ancestors did anyway, to be honest, it's something that we do, uh, that we do quite naturally. Um, so knowing that your reactions, your natural reactions can be quite good is, is extremely empowering. I'm supposed to be reacting this way, but at the same time, having the mental and emotional 
wisdom to respond, something that we do by choice, in the midst of these reactions that, to be honest, Laurie, we, we can't really help depending on the scenario. Um, if there's a stimulus, we're going to react to it in a certain way, especially if it appears dangerous. Uh, so let's yeah, put it this I, way. I, yeah, I think, uh, you know, and I need to give myself actually even a little more credit. I, I don't necessarily flail and react. I mean, that might be my first initial instinct, but I actually calm myself and I redirect very quickly because, I mean, while you were telling your story of an emergency situation, the only time I've, I've been two situations like that. And actually I snap into business mode. I I'm, I'm very calculated what needs to get done. One of them was finding my grandfather actually in an emergency situation where he appeared to be deceased and my grandmother was unaware laying next to him. And I had my, my two and a half year old daughter there and I snapped into emergency mode, not only sheltering her from the experience, but also administrating CPR of which I did not feel qualified, uh, calling 911, dealing with the whole matter mouth to mouth. I actually felt his last breath, um, a very complicated situation, but, I, I snapped into business mode. And then the other one was uh, fires. I, I live in Southern California. We had Woolsey fires, which crept up three feet from my front door. And I snapped into early emergency mode where I thought in my head, like my kids are not going to experience pounding doors at midnight, uh, sirens and the rush and the adrenaline. I, I evacuated very early to people's surprise and it was very necessary. So I actually am pretty, pretty calm and calculated. And I, and then I have my breakdown later, but that wasn't a real physical situation. I am fortunate to have not, um, been in a situation where I have needed to physically self protect. I know that is not everyone's uh, situation, I am fortunate, but now I have two uh, girls, a teen and tween. So it's now my turn to pass on, you know, what to do as well. Yes. Yes. Um, In the time we have left, I'd I'd like to offer sort of a three-step reflection that um, if it's uh, people can kind of do their own reset if, if they want to write this down and, sort of reflect on it. Do you think we have time for that? We do. Absolutely. And this is a 15 minute plus reset. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, so for anyone listening, if you, if you think you um, like, like so many people, like I, I sit next to them on the plane and they, I tell them what I do and, and they say, Oh, I've always wanted to take a self-defense class. And I kind of feel like saying, well, how old are you? <laughs> how long have you wanted this? And uh, gosh, maybe you should, maybe you should take that. Um, It's, I think it's a life skill that should be taught in secondary school forward. Um, But there's no time like the present. So, so take this. uh, I encourage you to to take these three steps and just kind of meditate on them and, and work to make yourself um, as safe as you can be. Uh, The first thing I want you to consider is uh, sport versus self-protection. And, and the reason I say this is we, we, we put our, our athletic heroes on, on pedestals. And if somebody trains in mixed martial arts, for instance, uh, of course, they're, they're an expert in, actually, they're an expert in consensual 
violence. But for a lot of us, we don't know the difference between Hollywood and sports. It, it tells us that we need hours and hours of hundreds of hours of training and experience to be able to put techniques and principle, martial principles uh, to use to protect ourselves. Um, I'm here to tell you that what the, the, the kind of intensity and fuel that you can get and bring to a, a self-protection situation uh, can far exceed what, what an athlete can bring in, in the ring uh, because it's different. Non-consensual violence is different. Think about it. It's a consensual fight. You know who you're fighting days, weeks, months ahead of time. You sign papers, you put on protection, not at the referee, touch gloves and off you go. There's awareness, there's consent. Um, everything is somewhat pre-planned. It doesn't mean they're not scared. Those athletes are terrified and, and they are personal you know, heroes in a way, you know, to do the scary stuff that they do. That is different than going shopping with your kids and you've got the groceries full of, of the shopping and then something happens that's violent. And your first thought is this can't be happening. I mean, that, that is a non-consensual fight. So um, don't look to your, your archetypes, if you will, that we see on, on the screen, whether it's uh, combat sports, uh, martial arts, or, or Hollywood, you know, for those kinds of things. Um, you are a human weapon. You've got everything you need right now. The second thing that I'd like you to consider is, let's say it's just you involved in something. Tell me, why are you going home safe today? What is it that's personal to you and it's, and it's always with you? You don't have to think and go, hmm, why am I choosing to definitely go home safe today? I'm willing to bet no matter where you are and what stage of life, you've got something, you've got a reason to go home safe today. Um, write that down. There, there, there is power in that. Write that down, circle it, meditate on it. Um, that is your reason for, for going home safe. To be honest, that is more powerful than any complex technique that somebody can teach you. It, just, just that and considering that in the context of non-consensual violence, something that you didn't sign up for and you don't control, but you do control yourself to a certain extent. And the, the third thing that I'd like, like you to consider is whatever it is that you wrote down, what is it that you would do for that person or that thing? What is it that you would do for them that you may not have considered doing for yourself? I talked to so many people and they, they, they doubt their ability to defend themselves, especially if I, I put a hypothetical in front of them. They're, this person's bigger. They're, they're, they, they look trained. They're experienced. It might be a professional criminal. What are my chances against this person? I've got zero martial training. But let's put a scenario where, you know, this person walks in and suddenly you are defending perhaps that person that you wrote down on the paper and circled. Suddenly you're an expert. You're going to figure it out because it is unacceptable that something would happen to that person. Well, guess what? If you don't go home safe, it might as well be the same thing because that person that you wrote down and circled, or perhaps that idea is depending on you. It's the same. So there's your reset is, is don't think you're not capable of this. 
don't look at the the silver screen you you are a human weapon and so were your ancestors um, you've got everything that you need to defend yourself um, why is it that you're going home safe everyone's got something um, you mentioned the military lori every uh they, they look kind of embarrassed up there humble every congressional medal of honor winner you know, combat actions they talk about the people next to them like, like they weren't doing this for themselves and then number three what is it that you think that you were thinking that you would do for that person that you may not have considered doing for yourself in other words you you are your own first responder no nobody else can take care of you um, so I just encourage people to, to, to meditate on those. And, and of course, if, if you want to go further, contact a professional. Um, I'm available. There are many people out there like me. Um, hunt down somebody that resonates with you and, and figure out your personal protection plan. Um, you do have everything that you need right now to defend yourself. You may need assistance to, to find it and line it up, line all your pieces up in the most effective way to make you as safe as possible. Um, and, and, and there you go. I, I, I hope you, you take that um, out there in, in Cyberland, the audience. I hope you take that and, and, and really meditate on it. Use it. Make it your own. And uh, let's make the world a safer place. So my little shares were my protector um, instincts. And that's why I kind of shared that. But as, as I'm a parent also, I'm also thinking very much of how I protect my children now. And you talk about protecting your, you know, loved ones or those you care about and what you would even do for yourself. Um, physically, I can't help but think because I, I do include my own stories here when I talk to people, but protecting yourself from others, but even from yourself, I think of self-harm. And yes. I think, I think of my young girls, you know, this is a very sensitive age for young girls in particular with social media and stuff like that. And I even have some concerns and experiences with my youngest daughter, who's 11. And you talk about the protection. Um, another way I feel I protect is actually being an advocate for my child. And when you talk about some things you do for others that you wouldn't do for yourself, I feel like I, I'm going to get emotional. I, I stand up for her in ways that I don't even do for myself. And I know there's a lot of consequences even for me. And I accept that easily. Um, so when you talk about, you know, doing things for others and also do what would, you know, questioning what you would do for yourself. I think that's very important. That's going to be my, my takeaway, obviously. But how do you feel also martial arts not only gives you that mm, protection physically, but even emotionally to protect yourself and um, that empowerment, I think is what I'm looking for. Yes. Uh, there's a ton in there and, and thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Um, first of all, this is, this is the year 2022 when we're talking and <laughs> this is a very difficult time for, mm. uh, I mean, we've got everything, but at the same time, we're, we're, we're all just extremely lonely um, uh, uh, compared to where probably we could be and young people always difficult, like to be a young person, but, um, man, it's, it's just, it's just very, very difficult right now. I think you're, you, you are spot on. 
you mentioned uh, emotions. Uh, the first place, and this is a quote from my mentor, Coach Coach Tony Blauer. The first place you're hit in a real fight is your emotions. End quote. A real fight meaning non-consensual. Right. So if it's a game, doesn't mean emotions aren't involved. Oh yeah, they are. You, you know, you're human. But when you're surprised and your first thought is this can't be happening and or how dare you and just sheer horror that somebody would do this, the, the first place you're hit that matters is your emotions and don't think that they don't matter. So when we are, another Coach Blauer quote, uh, be careful what you practice. You might get really good at the wrong thing. Hmm. And a good thing, a good, a good metric, if you will, is will this work if I'm surprised? Will this work if I'm scared? Will this work if I'm off balance emotionally? Also physically. If something works when you're off balance physically and emotionally, I would learn that first. The other things that are extremely artsy are also good to have. I'm a lifelong martial artist and I love them. There are a lot, and it doesn't matter what tool. I mean, you're, you're talking mo modern weaponry as well. It doesn't matter if you're talking hand-to-hand, -hand, traditional martial arts, you know, so-called reality-based self-defense or, you know, modern weapons, right? The fancy stuff tends not to work when you're surprised or scared because you don't have access to it. You're too busy with your emotions. You, you, you simply are. So, so there's one angle is be careful what you practice. You might get really good at something that isn't that useful for what it is that you're really trying to do, which, which is get home safe. Uh, another piece there is um, there is no situational awareness without self-awareness. And that, that's another one from Coach Blower. I can't say it better. I've, I've got to quote it. We talk about realizing you're in the fight before the fight starts and then moving. So maybe this doesn't have to be a physical fight. I can just see kind of what's happening or maybe it's not happening, but I just have this feeling. So you know what? I'm going to choose safety. I don't have to prove myself right. I'm just going to choose safety. I'm, I'm going to change the way I'm doing this because that's the best policy. If what I'm trying to do is just go home safe within the context of whatever I'm doing. So there's no situational awareness without self-awareness. And you mentioned, you mentioned self-harm, uh, self-care. Uh, nearly every room I do in Clubhouse, we, we, we circle back to self-care is self-defense. Mm. Right? It, it all comes back to, to really, to, to self-knowledge. And if you're trying to go home safe, this is for, especially for the guys listening, but, but humans in general, if you're in jail, you're not safe. If you're filling out paperwork at this police station for 16 hours, you're not home safe. You're at the police station and you'd rather not be there. So when you really want to knock someone's block off and they might even deserve it, but it's not necessary, wouldn't it be nice to have the tools to know how not to punch? It's just as important, probably more important. Yeah. That's, how not to punch than how to punch. That's powerful. Um, I, before we wrap up, I, something I've picked up on, maybe because I live in California and I live close to Hollywood. You mentioned Hollywood a few times here today. 
what is your relationship with Hollywood? I'm almost wondering, um, do you just, is, is, have you worked in the entertainment industry or is it something more or less about glamorizing violence? Is it overexposed or is it awareness? Mm. Be, be, be careful of our inputs, right? I'm not the first person to say this, uh, for sure. Um, we'll go in uh, order the order of the ask. Um, I don't have a relationship with the with the entertainment industry. Uh, you know, I got ca cast in a couple, you know, plays, <laughs> theater, no film. Um, and, and those were local productions. So I don't have a relationship there. I do know some people in the business, specifically stunt people, uh, some people that do fight choreography. Um, amateur and professional. And I, over the years, I've, I've picked up more of an appreciation. Um, I used to just love Jackie Chan movies because they were just, especially the old ones, they're just so entertaining. Uh, but I knew that wasn't a real fight because all you have to do is look at a real fight and it doesn't look anything like, like what you see in the movies, even when it's a, you know, quote unquote, realistic fight in the movies with only a couple exceptions, there's, I think there is a danger to, um, oh, about the, the choreography. It's important to realize that the, a well done production, if it includes any sort of fight, whether it's supposed to be entertaining or gritty and realistic, either way, that showcase of violence is there to move the story forward. Same thing on stage in a theater production. Um, if it doesn't move the story forward, people get bored. They get confused. It's just like the body language and the, and the, the, the words and the tone coming from the actor's mouths. It's, it's the same. Everything on that stage or on film has to move the story forward. So there's a reason for it. Uh, different than, than what happens uh, in, in person. If we don't have that, I guess I could call it wisdom or realization when we look at these depictions of violence, if that is all we consume, then we, we, we are at risk of believing something that simply isn't true and is unsafe. It's not safe for the other people involved, no matter where they are. It's not, it's not safe for you. Um, definitely not safe for the authorities um, who might be around. And, and please remember, uh, remember when, when I said, if, if you're in jail, you're not home safe and be careful what you practice, you might get really good at the wrong thing. What are the chances these days that you are being filmed? Aha. Uh -huh. uh, yes. <laughs> Everybody's got a camera now. Yes. You don't get away with it. No, no way. And not for a show, but a curious passerby, you know, just filming and maybe it ends up on YouTube, CCTV from the nearest bank or light pole or whatever. People have dash cams. Mm -hmm. the chances that you are being filmed are extremely good. So when you decide that you need to do something physical, what is it that the court is seeing? Those are long-term consequences. Practiced? I mean, you could just, you could destroy your life and your family's life, your rep reputation for good. So yes. yeah, have you I mean practiced a way to physically defend yourself that also it keeps you safe physically, but also keeps you out of jail. 
Like all of these things have to be taken into account when you line up your personal protection plan. Again, eyes on the prize. What's the mission? The mission is go home safe and make sure, make sure your loved ones go home safe. Yeah, no, the reason why I mentioned Hollywood, because you mentioned Hollywood a few times, kind of like, it's not Hollywood, it's not Hollywood. And my thought was like, hmm, I'm, I'm wondering if he's kind of like against it. Like you get in a fight, you get in a bar fight. It's not going to be the crowd clapping at the end of the scene. It's going right. to be, you know, you're going to jail. Um, you know, I, I look at some of the 80s movies and, you know, it's not <laughs> Kevin Bacon in Footloose where, you know, you jump and swing out and kick the guy in the face because he's disruptive. And then everybody's cheering and having a good time. That's Hollywood. Um, right. You, you do have to realize, I mean, the reality of consequences and it's not entertainment. And I, I like how you talk about how it, it does lead the story. Yes. Well, I do feel like I could go on and on and talk to you. So I do definitely want to welcome you back. And I thank you so much for being here. So for our audio listeners, uh, go ahead. Tell us how to find you. Besides hunting you down all the way across the world here from me in California. <laughs> so online. <laughs> right. Uh, how to find me online. If you go to uh, readinessrx.com just like it sounds, Readiness RX, and I know you might have show notes. Uh, that's my website. Um, it's changing a little bit right now, but go, j- just go there. That'll have my contact info. Uh, the same handle for Instagram. That's a great place. Just direct message me on Instagram, Readiness RX. Um, I definitely encourage, um, if, if you think that you, that you want to finally put together your self-protection plan and feel safe and secure no matter what you're doing around the world. Uh, Talk to me because if you don't resonate with me, I know others. I know others that teach this same system that I teach. I know people that teach other systems. Um, I would love to help you find somebody that that resonates with you and and helps to to, to put all that together. Uh, Barring any of that, um, Lori, anybody can find me at Joseph, common spelling, joseph.borovica which I think will be in the show notes, joseph.borovica at gmail.com. Easy. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. it you, you've heard me cry on Clubhouse before, and now you see it here on Zoom. Obviously, I'm like authentic with my connections, and I want, I think, important information needs to be spoken and heard. And I think what we're going through with the world right now, the world is screaming at us to communicate. And yes. that's, that's why I love this platform, bringing in people like you, uh, deep content, deep meaning with the, the message of why. And, you know, I heard you, it's about where you go, that you get home at the end of the day and that you are safe at the end of the day. And I think that's quite powerful. So Joe, thank you very much for joining me to our listeners. This completes our 15 minute plus reset today.